Tosha, and you are watching the Supernova Tosha Show podcast, or you could be listening to the podcast. Either way, it's me, the one and only, in the show that addresses social issues and how it affects our community. And today, we're going to be discussing humans and their remarkable capabilities. So um, if you're in my age bracket, which, um, okay, I'm in my 40s, whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember, like, you know, are you, um, okay, well, let me just say this. Are you um, the type of, uh, uh, like, human being that's walking amongst us that have superhuman powers? Because uh, they're saying that there are uh, homo sapiens, which mean human beings, that are walking among us that do possess superhuman powers, kind of like um, X-Men uh, mutant-like powers, right? Um, as a youngster, I do remember uh, watching popular TV shows such as The Six Million Dollar Man and, and Wonder Woman and Superman and Xena. I loved all those shows. Uh, my earliest exposure was The Six Million Dollar Man, Steve Austin, uh, where actor Lee Majors portrayed uh, Colonel Steve Austin, an ex-astronaut who survived a crash, and he was given bionic enhancements, including um, a bionic arm, um, a bionic eye, and bionic legs. And these enhancements turned him basically into a cyborg. And so he subsequently becomes a secret agent for the OSI, which is the Office of Scientific Intelligence, under the supervision of OSI Director Oscar Goldman. Um, following a parachuting accident that resulted in uh, severe injuries to her arms, to her legs, and her ear, and she underwent a transformation to become the Bionic Woman. So if you remember those two shows, that uh, Bionic Woman was a spinoff of the $6 million man. I believe they are, you know, there was a love interest somewhere there. And then when she became the Bionic Woman, well, she just became the bionic woman. Uh, she did experience temporary brain damage and memory loss, which prevented her from continuing her romantic relationship with um, with Steve Austin, with the um, the six million dollar man. Um, but in real, real life, like for real, real, in real life, uh, there is an actress by the name of Mary Lou Henner. I don't know if you guys remember her. Uh, she's known for her role as Elaine Nardo on the sitcom Taxi. And um, her appearances in various TV series included her recent role as Paula on uh, CBS's Neighborhood Possesses a Rare Condition Called Highly Superior autobiographical memory, H-S-A-M. Now this condition identifies in only like a hundred individuals worldwide, worldwide, it enables Henner to recall past events with exceptional detail and accuracy akin to her photo photographic memory. The term H-S-A-M was coined by James McGaw, PhD, who described this condition in 2006. So in layman's terms, and just to make it easier, she has a photographic memory and she can remember things from when she was like a tiny tot. So um, I also have a video I wanna show you. There's so many um, incredible superhuman 
um, capabilities that people possess. And we also can adapt to um, our environments, um, as you're going to see in this video that I have to show you. So it's of the Bajau tribe. And I absolutely love this video because I am a bit obsessed with anything marine life, anything aquatic. Um, you know, I got to tell you, this is going to be this is going to be another story for another time about um, my mermaid encounter. But anyway, um, they say the the Pisces, Pisces people are attracted to water. I love the water. That's my peace. That's my solace. Uh, I am a Pisces and I just absolutely love the water. But anyways, I'm going to show you this video of the Bajau tribe and how incredible they are. Let's go ahead and roll this video. Hold your breath for as long as you can. He takes one last breath. Focused and calm, Sulbin descends 20 meters to the sea floor. His heartbeat slows to around 30 beats per minute. The pressure at these depths crushes his chest, squeezing the air in his lungs to one third of its usual volume. Even without weights, he's negatively buoyant enough to stride across the bottom of the sea as if hunting on land. By now, the carbon dioxide in his blood causes an almost irresistible urge to gasp for air. But Solvin must keep his mind on the hunt. After a minute and three quarters, Solvin spots a fish. Solbin can go even deeper than this and stay down for up to five minutes. But he's not one to show off, and after all, he's got what he came for. Two and a half minutes of hunting under pressure on one breath. Perhaps the idea of humans existing as marine mammals is not so far-fetched after all. Look at Sobin. My goodness. So he did that in two and a half minutes, less than five minutes. Wow. Sobin's incredible.
when I grow up, I want to be Sobin. Anyway, what we just viewed um, are the, uh, it's uh, Sobin from the Baja tribe, Baja tribe. Um, so they primarily rely on fishing for their, um, their livelihood. And, um, you know, they live on uh, houseboats, these long houseboats. And, um, you know, they predominantly reside in the waters off Indonesia, Malaysia, and also the Philippines. Um, you know, occasionally they do, you know, go ashore for trading or for seeking shelter whenever there's a storm. And um, when they do live on land, it is usually in small dwellings built on stilts above the water. They just live such a simple, happy life. I bet you there's like unspeakable joy in, you know, the way that they just, I'm hungry. Let me just dive down catch some fish. I'm good. And then they go trading and that's their life. That's awesome. Anyway, <laughs> now due to their frequent exposure to the water from an early age, the Bajau people develop skills and knowledge of the ocean and children learn to swim at a young age and begin fishing and hunting as early as eight years old. Consequently, the majority of the Bajau are highly skilled freedivers capable of diving to depths exceeding 230 feet and remain submerged up to 60 feet underwater. That's incredible. Um, that's just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would your superpower be? Um, I've heard a lot of people say invisible, but that would definitely be my superpower. Sometimes I just don't want to be seen or don't want to see people. And so I think invisibility would be uh, my superpower. Um, so I love and appreciate the martial arts. That's another thing about me. I love anything martial arts, kung fu, karate, um, uh, Kav uh, uh, Magra. Yeah. Um, when I grow up, I'm going to learn how to, uh, I'm going to uh, take up some Krav Magra. I think that's how you say it, lessons. Um, I love the martial arts. Anyway, specifically, um, anything to deal with, like just watching the Shaolin monks. I think they are incredible people. Uh, they start out doing what they do from incredibly young ages. And they just, the way that they transform their bodies, uh, they train their mind and their body to perform incredible stunts. Uh, Shaolin uh, training focuses on the fundamental aspects of developing, uh, strengthening, and balancing coordination. Um, the, the goal is to achieve a harmonious synchronization of the entire body. Um, in Shaolin uh, Kung Fu, the initial emphasis is on targeting the opponent's center, which can be their Foot. And by utilizing the opponent's momentum, practitioners maneuver around their center, executing various techniques. The basics of uh, Shaolin training result, re revolve around uh, the fighting stance. So um, that enables the body to function as a united entity. Uh, surrounding this stance are numerous techniques that leverage the opponent's momentum 
um, against them. And uh, engaging in Shaolin Kung Fu offers benefits such as improved flexibility and endurance. Mm, would love that. Uh, while it primarily um, it's a martial arts originating from China, it encompasses movements designed to enhance fitness and also self-defense, which is obvious. Uh, Shaolin Kung Fu goes beyond mere punching, kicking, and fighting. To enhance flexibility and endurance, it is crucial to perform movements that strengthen the muscles and joints correctly. So I want to show you this video. It is just absolutely amazing how the Shaolin monks, um, you know, how they, they train and uh, the just the incredible feats that they can perform. I'm going to show you the second video. Uh, take a look at some of these um, just regular human beings that just do extraordinary things. Let's go ahead and roll that video. Have you ever wondered why monks spend so much time training for months and years on end? Why they spend so much time in solitude in temples and in the mountains and forests? Well, you've come to the right place to find out. Shaolin monks spend their entire lives training and improving to be able to hone in and master almost superhuman abilities. We are going to go through the brutal training they go through and what crazy abilities they gain along the way. Shaolin monks can perform incredible feats of mental and physical prowess that appear impossible. They bang their heads against each other to harden their skulls and punch trees with their fingers to develop immense strength which enables them to do a handstand on just two fingers. They run up and down stone stairways on all fours without getting tired, and they seem to do this with absolute ease. So how do they do it? To be able to do a handstand on just two fingers, monks spend years practicing and strengthening their fingers. The reason behind the Shaolin monks' incredible finger strength is their intense training. They train for years to make their fingers as hard as iron, they start by finger-punching bowls filled with dirt and gradually move on to the level where they punch thick trees and actually make holes in them that are as deep as five inches. Imagine being so strong that you can make holes in trees. Boding Gong is another practice in which monks drive a nail into a tree or a piece of wood and attempt to pull it out using a thumb and two fingers. Over time, this gives them immense strength in their fingers. If you thought strong fingers were cool, just imagine being able to walk on water or being able to change your body temperature on command. Some monks have been known to walk and run on water. They achieve this incredible feat by practicing the skill of light body. This intense training regime starts off by making young monks walk along the rim of a water-filled bowl while wearing a backpack. As they progress, the water is removed and more weight is added. This practice enables them to walk on water, hang from thin branches without breaking them, or even walking on grass without crumbling it. Shaolin monks have also been known to maintain and control their body temperatures. A yoga technique known as Tim Mo allows them to do so by entering a state of deep meditation. 
monks have been known to stay warm in chilling temperatures in the Himalayas. On the other hand, Jitumo meditators are monks who have been known to dry wet bedsheets by wrapping them around their bodies in increasing temperatures. Truly fascinating. You must have seen the famous video of a monk bursting a balloon on the other side of a glass by throwing a needle through it. The key to this exercise is striking the glass directly with the needle's point at a quick speed and as close to a 90 degree angle as possible. This is not easy and requires extreme concentration as well as mind-muscle coordination. Yet, the monks make it look so easy. They throw needles through glass so precisely that only a hole big enough for the needle to pass is created without shattering the glass. Along with all these crazy capabilities, Shaolin monks also have superhuman strength, amazing flexibility, and an extremely high threshold for pain. Even at a young age, students are seen to wrap their entire bodies around tree trunks and stay that way for hours on end which is extremely difficult and unusual. You would not be able to mentally conceive the notion that a human body can bend that way, and yet they do it for hours at a stretch. Monks spend their entire lives undergoing mental Shan and physical Quan training. They learn how to control an energy force known as Qi through meditation. It takes discipline and awareness to embody this concept. Through this, they are able to phase out pain entirely. That was an incredible video. Um, I just love, I know I'm such a nerd, but it's okay. <laughs> Ask me about the latest movie. I have no idea. I can't tell you the last movie I watched, but um, this is the stuff I watch because I'm such a nerd and I could just nerd out on this all day 24 hours <laughs> but this video is so incredible to me like i'm fascinated by humans i'm just like i just i'm fascinated by human beings i don't know what it is i think um i think it's because i'm an alien i don't think <laughs> i don't know i'm just joking but i'm fascinated i'm fascinated by the things we do by how we think um why we act the way we do and when i see people perform incredible feats like this it just blows my mind um you know i can watch like stunt uh stunt performers um you know people like uh, evil Knievel. i just feel i first of all it's like how does the mind even conceive of doing these tricks and uh you know accomplishing so many things number two why you know, how do you think of doing such things? And two, why would you want to do it? And number three, you know, you continue to practice and practice and practice and practice until you, you finally get it right. And it's like, you know, you go through the bumps and the bruises and the hurts and the broken bones, and then you still go back to doing it like you chose to do it. So for me, 
um, I don't know, it's just incredible and just how powerful, um, you know, that human beings really are. We, we don't know the strength we possess and uh, I think we place a lot of limitations on ourselves. So, you know, I, I in fact, there's that little hormone that we carry that I want to talk about a little bit. And we possess something called adrenaline uh, that was discovered in the early 1900s. Uh, adrenaline has been linked to various extraordinary um, activities and um, characteristics ranging from, you know, reviving the deceased allegedly. Um, I don't know about that, but I mean, yeah, you can, you know, through medical equipment and medical training and, you know, some, someone can be pronounced with no pulse or what have you, which technically they say they've passed, but then, you know, you can perform CPR, you can shock the heart. So yeah. Okay. All right. I can say that um, to so you can go from um, reviving the dead to temporarily transforming individuals into superheroes or addicts. <laughs> uh, this whole adrenaline thing um, enticed by the very prospect of danger, adrenaline junkies. So if you are an adrenaline, adrenaline junkie, you can definitely put yourself in danger. So um, as with most things, though, the real truth lies uh, somewhere in uh, the, you know, the very cool middle. So um, let's go ahead and talk, um, take an honest look at uh, the little hormone with a very, very, very big impact. So adrenaline, right, uh, is also known as epinephrine. Uh, it's a hormone produced by the adrenaline gland in response to stress or uh, danger. So uh, when it's released into the bloodstream, adrenaline triggers a series of psycho uh, physiological responses that prepare the body for a fight or flight response. Uh, while adrenaline does not make us superhumans, it can enhance certain aspects of our physical and mental um, abilities, you know, temporarily. So when adrenaline is released, it increases your heart rate. It also increases increases your blood pressure. Um, also, the blood flow to the muscles, providing a surge of energy and a surge of also strength. So uh, this can result in a heightened physical performance, such as increased speed, increased strength, and also increased endurance. Uh, adrenaline also improves focus and alertness, allowing individuals to react quickly and make split second decisions. Now, some people, you know, um, when that adrenaline uh, kicks in, that fight or flight, um, I've seen more uh, more too often people with the, uh, the flight. <laughs> I've also seen people uh, freeze up um, because I don't know if that's adrenaline, but um, I, I don't know. I react completely different when, uh, you know, faced in certain um, situations where I, I feel that rush of adrenaline um, definitely fight for me. Um, additionally, adrenaline can temporarily suppress pain and fatigue, um, enabling individuals to push beyond their usual limits. Now, I did hear about that, uh, especially when um, uh, people are in the jungle and they're hunting. I had uh, seen an interview with um, a lion, uh, someone that was hunting um, in um, 
where I think it was somewhere in, in Africa, he was hunting and a lion was chasing him. The lion chased him, bit him, but he had that adrenaline rush. He said he didn't even feel the bite and he just kept running until he got away from the lion. And it was uh, after that, he realized that he was bit. I was like, wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if I got bit by a lion, I'll definitely feel it right away. And so this can give the impression of enhanced abilities or a temporary boost in performance. However, it is important to note that the effects of adrenaline can temporarily and can uh, you know vary from person to person. Prolonged or excessive adrenaline release can also have a negative effect on the body. Adrenaline in its basic form is a component of our natural response system to external stress that we perceive. When we encounter something threatening or thrilling, our bodies undergo a series of internal changes to enhance our readiness to either confront or evade the impending situation. Um, these adaptations are commonly referred to as fight or flight response. And when the body enters a fight or flight response, adrenaline primarily releases from the adrenal gland located on top of the kidneys, and it does play a very crucial role. Um, it works in conjunction with, um, it's called noradrenaline, which is mostly released from central nervous system. So uh, just to summarize everything, just to put it all in a neat little package, uh, you know, adrenaline can enhance certain aspects of our physical and mental abilities in response to stress or in response to danger. Danger. So have you ever been in a lituation? That's a situation that gets you lit, but a lituation where um, it was fight or flight. Um, unfortunately for me, I've been in several of those situations where, um, yeah, it was, uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, I can share one of those memories with you. Um, now I wasn't, I wasn't a bad kid. I wasn't like, you know, a bully or anything like that, but I just remember I had these, uh, two next door neighbors, uh, this had to be like second or third grade, if I'm mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, second or third grade. Anyway, so I had uh, these neighbors and they were sisters. Now, I'm an only child. So um, one thing about being an only child, you don't have anybody to defend you. You have no one to, you have to fend for yourself. You have to, you know, you, know, you have to know how to fight. You have to know how to communicate. You have to know how to not back down. Um, whether you're scared, whether you're intimidated, um, you got to fake it till you make it. And I learned that at a very early age that I could be in a situation where I'm terrified or intimidated, but I never back down. So for years, I had to practice that until now. It's like, I I don't fake it anymore. Like I've, I'm, I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> so, um, so it was like elementary school and my neighbors, um, they were sisters. And um, they, you know, would come over to, um, they would come over and there would be stuff missing. They'd always, you know, be the things missing, um, toys or, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, all right, this is weird. And then I remember one day seeing one of the sisters wearing a pair of my shoes to school. And I'm like, those are my shoes. And they're like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. They're my black shoes. It has the same scuff mark on the bottom. That is mine. It's not yours. It's not yours. Okay. 
And they would just do uh, things like that just to really get under my skin. And um, yeah, I just remember walking home um, one day and both sisters, because of course at this point now, there's animosity and we live right next door to each other. So we're walking the same path home from school. Um, you know, we had bikes at the time. So we rode our bikes, half walk, half, half ride our bikes. And I just remember um, both sisters had confronted me, confronted me one day uh, after school. And I was, you know, almost home. And um, I was in a situation where they were ready to jump me. I'm by myself um, and they're, you know, behind me talking smack and I ignored them because I'm not a fighter. I'm not a bully. I just, you know, I'll defend myself. But anyways, and I just remember um, both sisters came at me and it was like that adrenaline rush. And I just remember just, you know, started throwing them bows. I just, you know, it was time to nut because you buck. And I remember that we were right on the sidewalk on the side of the street and there was a car that was coming and I was like, I got to teach these girls. I'm not the one. And I took one of the sisters and body slammed her in the street with a, with a car, oncoming car. And her sister saw and she was like on the grass when so she got up grabbed her sister and they started screaming they're like you're crazy you're nuts oh my gosh how could you do that I was just like yeah you both came to jump me that's and I'm crazy yeah no 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 so um anyway I don't know where these you know just walking home one day and then these two Jezebels these two spawn of Satan's you know, they, they felt froggy and decided to leap. And, you know, I just did my crouching tiger hidden dragon on them and just, you know, Bruce Leroy and, and body slammed them and did what I had to do with these minions of Lucifer just decided, you know, to try me and I wasn't the one to be tried. So anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> The random things that I remember. Anywho, so that was my uh, adrenaline, um, you know, fight or flight uh, situation. But I had to do it because, you know, we went to the same school. And then, you know, if you get beat up, it, go, it gets around school. And then someone else comes after you. And then it's a cycle. And yeah, you know, so you had to do what you got to do. But, you know, today, um, I don't do that. I go to the beach. I go to the water. I pray. I meditate. I pray and I meditate. And I just, you know, I make sure that I, I practice um, sensitivity and kindness. So that's why I don't even, I really don't even go to part. I don't, I don't go anywhere because people are, you know, everybody's trapped. Everybody's stressed out and they have road rage and all this other stuff. So I don't even, I, I, I go to the beach and I go home and I go to church. <laughs> That's it. I don't want to, you know, tempt anybody or I just, you know, I, I love me. I love the time that I'm here on earth. We're here for a good time, not for a long time. So yes, I try to stay out of people's way and practice kindness and uh, sensitivity to others. So, you know, anyway, just uh, wanted to share that with you. 
And um, I just want to make sure to tell y'all that y'all come back now you're here. Um, I do want to thank you so much, my loyal family, for watching, listening, sharing the Supernova Tosha Show podcast.